Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Caden Hurst. We recorded this a couple weeks ago at my home in Portland, Oregon. Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. If you like the show and want me to keep making it, go to patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can find the link in the show notes and sign up for a support level that you can sustain. Thanks for keeping the show going. Stick around afterwards and we'll tell you how to keep up with Caden Hurst, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Long time listener, first time guest, I guess. Should we should we talk about how we met? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's let's try to recount that convoluted story. That'd be great. So it was at IBMA mm-hmm. in September. And um, I thought that you were someone else. Uh, because probably because you were wearing a mask mm-hmm. and I met this person in 2015. Mm-hmm. So between those two, yeah. <laughs> two factors. And I started talking to you, uh, as, as if we knew each other and I don't think we've ever met before, before that, right? No, but I, I did complicate matters because I, you played along like a champ. <laughs> I did. Well, so I met someone here in Portland at a jam that was like, you know, a millennial, Sure. Great clumber banjo player. And then later, like, found out about your podcast somewhere and was like, oh, this person sounds a lot like that person I met at that jam. That yeah. was probably Cameron DeWitt. <laughs> I was like, I met you. I was totally rolling along because yeah. I thought I thought I had met you. But it turns out that person was not you, and you have a doppelganger around here somewhere. I'm, I'm really curious about who that might be. Uh-huh. I have a couple ideas. Okay. Um, the, possibly previous guests of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really glad that I mistook you. For this person, who I'm too embarrassed to say who I thought it was, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad I introduced myself because I found out that you're a mandolinist who lives in Portland. Yeah. I live in Portland. I know, and it worked out really nicely. Yeah, so, I'm and stoked. here we are. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm uh, really stoked to be here and actually kind of bump into you for for living, you know, quarter of a mile away. Yeah, and you live like super stupid close. Yeah, so Portland is very sprawled out, but. Yeah, but here we are. But yeah, we 
have those things in common. We're even basically wearing the same socks right now. I, you know, I noticed that. I was <laughs> going to compliment that. you on that. Costco. Costco yeah, socks. Costco socks. Gotta love them. Man. So, why were you at IBMA? So, I was at IBMA because um, my band, Never Come Down, was showcasing. Very there. good. Yeah. Yeah, we had this this really odd thing happen to us where, you know, 2020 and 2021, despite not gigging very much, were really good in terms of, you know, people with influence finding out about us, sort That's of. So like, great. Yeah, weirdly good, weirdly yeah. good business years for us in terms of like, we got a, Amazing. we got, you know, to go to IBMA and a couple other really cool festivals during that beautiful little window when all of that was, was happening kind of in the late summer. Um, so yeah, I was there showcasing and, you know, shaking hands or elbows as the case may be with all the folks around. Yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to Never Come Down Mm -hmm. yesterday on my bike commute, Mm -hmm. just make it sound very (laughs) Portlandy. Uh, and, uh, it's lovely. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know a lot about bluegrass in general but especially like the modern world of singer songwriter bluegrass yeah uh but i thought it was great thank you yeah it was uh lovely harmonies very stacked up yeah are you one of those i am one of those wonderful yeah 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 i'm a big fan of uh of the whole vocal harmony world over there i'm uh that's why you know play like Bluegrass, and I like your term, like singer-songwriter bluegrass and traditional music and all that, but I have a classical mandolin degree and oh. like studied a bunch of composition in college and that kind of thing. And I feel like the, vo- the vocal harmony world of bluegrass is where like the bluegrass part of my brain and also the like four-part writing part of my brain yeah. get to like, talk to each other. Um, not that there's a bunch of counterpoint going on in bluegrass, but yeah, that I mean... those, those circuits <laughs> get to talk to each other in a way that they don't the rest of the time. I don't know if I've ever met a classical mandolin uh, player at all, much less someone who, like, went and studied it. Yeah. I know that there's, like, in the... There's, class, there's like, mandolin symphonies and stuff. Yeah. I know that it exists. I've never heard one. Yeah. <laughs> so, funnily enough, like, Oregon and the Portland area apparently has one of the most uh, active ones in the country, at least it did a few years ago. Um so there's a, a small mandolin orchestra that's oh. got the whole suite. So it's got you know mandolins, mandolas, mandocellos, and a couple mando basses. Yeah, and those all wow. get progressively rarer and funnier looking yeah. as you go go through <laughs> the list. Um, and those things, yeah, they're I you know I, I played with them for a little bit, but those um, those ensembles tend to be, and I love this about them, like very. Um, uh, like hobbyist and for the love of it yeah. oriented, right? Like so a community band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of a way for people that might be into like orchestral repertoire or string quartet repertoire, but don't play those instruments yeah. to like have a more accessible way to do so. Yeah. And I love that. Wonderful. Yeah. Have, are you in any of these? Um, so I, I played with the Oregon Mandolin Orchestra a little bit. Cool. I moved out here. Yeah, I played mandola with them and got to, got to work on my uh, alto clef chops that's lovely yeah um but yeah most of my most of my college classical stuff it was um mostly based on kind of what i was into because the mandolin repertoire is pretty limited sure as you might imagine is like half uh mandolin repertoire from the classical world and then half you know reworking mostly violin stuff i guess that makes sense yeah or some of it would make sense yes you have to be picky for sure. Sure, literally. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, wow. Yeah. I walked into that one. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's like no. No. It's good. So I did. I did like some of the like solo violin Bach repertoire. Yeah. Did some of that. Um, and when there's a long note, you just yeah. Your, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You, you get to well. You you get this nice little decision of like, do I tremolo that or do I just try to let that, you know, sustain in a, in a good room? You can yeah. you can actually get a lot more out of that than you might think. Interesting. Yeah. Classical huh. mandolin. Yeah. Wait, so, I mean, do you know any, like, do you, do you still play any of your classical mandolin stuff? You know, I will, um, just for, like, the, there's a kind of, like, musical alignment that I still get by just, like, pulling out some of the, mostly, like, the solo Bach sheet music that I have yeah. right now, but there's something that's very, 
you know, for a for a brain that likes to overthink stuff, that can be very relaxing because yeah. there's plenty to overthink about, and it feels like it's it's there to be found. If you got an overthinking brain, you have to like feed it, or yeah. else it'll start to eat you. Yeah, it'll overthink you to <laughs> yeah. death. Yeah. So you give it some sheet music every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, and so yeah. I do that almost in in more of like a let's just kind of remind me how how cool music can be. Kind of, yeah. almost in a way that's devoid of like the culture from it. Like a lot yeah. of what's what's interesting to me about traditional music, especially, is like the music, but also the context around the music. But so much of the classical stuff and, and Bach, especially, is like this is just interesting, devoid of where it came from. You know, it could have just totally. fallen out of space, and it's still that still really gets at me. Yeah, the argument for. I mean, a fair amount of tunes, it's harder to say this is interesting to void of its culture and where it comes from. Yeah. But, like, there's something about some of that music, some of that old, especially Bach. Yeah. That it's like, oh, this is inherently interesting, arguably. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and not to say that, you know, fiddle music isn't also inherently interesting, but there's... But not on the page. No, certainly Most not. Most of the time. Yeah, generally, yeah. generally sucks the life out of it on the page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, so I, I don't know, I, I, I feel kind of pleasantly pulled between two worlds of, like, really enjoying a lot of music that only exists because it could be written down, but also feel very strongly about other kinds of music, like traditional music, yeah. being written down, and that there, or feel strongly against that, that there's, that there's a lot that you end up missing if that's your only source yeah. for it. Well, let's play another tune, and then I want to ask you about the whole, which came first for you, trad music, or... Uh, dots and lines. Yeah, that but, sounds uh, great. What do you want to do? What What was that that we just played? That was Stumptail Dolly. Great. Yeah. Um, next tune we should play. Um, on the off chance that you know this, do you play Meg Gray? I think the I have. The tune you know. Okay, the one that, that's. Uh, I do it A B A C like that. Is that ring a bell? No. Okay. Let's try. Are you game to try? Okay. So it's A A B B A A C. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm ready. Cool. Awesome. I think. <laughs> cool. Let's play Meg Gray. Yeah, so Meg Gray... Where did you get Meg Gray? Yeah, so I got Meg Gray um, 
This is one of those one of those rare gems that gets found in like published books of tunes. I feel really funny saying that after just like yeah. Don't write down for <laughs> the tunes, know. right? That's great. But um, <laughs> do you know do you know fellow Portlander Patrick Connell? Is he at that name? Uh, no, no. He's at, mostly in the bluegrass world. He's a guitar player, but um, I guess his dad at some point was like digging around through some published book of fiddle tunes and found that in there. And was just, we were all just taken by how quirky and and weird it is and like especially that c part yes especially the c part yeah yeah on the on the on the verge of like saccharine or cheesy or something but still yeah but it's saccharine in the wrong tune it's yeah. like it butts in in a way that is totally confusing in a I think of it in a delightful way. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I feel like the kind someone of... Someone wrote that down. I know. Someone, <laughs> so, yeah, someone heard that out in the wild and was like, yeah, it's a keeper for sure. In a way that, you know, if someone were sitting down and, and composing this or like, I feel like it so easily could have been lost to time. Like, oh, let's just, let's just square this up. We don't need this extra little wrinkle in there. And sometimes the like incongruous things that some some educated person along the way might have like sanded off are like where the charm comes from or where the yeah 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 like they would have i don't know what they would have done to that <laughs> uh, yeah. i mean i guess the straightforward thing would be just make it an aabb tin yeah. but <laughs> the how this get in here i know <laughs> yeah so did you start with classical mandolin or did you start playing bluegrass or something else yeah so my I have kind of a blurry musical history. So my, I went to a Waldorf school. Okay. Are you familiar with that at all? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't been to one. Okay. But um, I have this vague idea mm-hmm. that there's the Montessori and the Waldorf schools, and they're maybe kind of similar, but maybe if you went to one of those schools, you'd be like, no, <laughs> we're not one of those people. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a kind of self-led, is it a self, or is that just the Montessori? I think, stuff? so Montessori, to my understanding, is a little bit more self-led okay. than the Waldorf thing. Um, Waldorf is much more about, like, subject integration. So, okay. you know, you'll have, here's your block, we're going through, like, ancient Greece and Rome. Yeah. And in addition to, you know, here's the important, like, people or events, or let's talk about the Iliad or that kind of thing, but you'll also, like, do math with Roman numerals. Sure, And yeah. all of your, like, art class is drawing scenes from Greek mythology. So yeah. like, all, of your, all of your subjects kind of cross-pollinate one another. Yeah, and so that meant that um, classical music, like I was learning in, like, there's, like, middle school band and yeah. that kind of stuff, and you do that sort of thing is present right alongside, like, okay, we're going to learn traditional music from whatever part of the world we're currently studying. Yeah. And, you know, being a kid and both of those being um, explained to you and taught to you by the same teacher, yeah. very little ability to kind of parse the difference between those two things. Sure. Yeah, so... It's just music, music class. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just music. And I guess I gradually clocked into it as, um, you know, it's like, oh, some of this is written down in a particular way. And others of it is just taught to me orally by this teacher. Um, but then that that really got made clear when, um, I guess right as I kind of went into high school, I, I got told about um, a fiddle camp. Alistair Fraser's Sierra Fiddle Camp, which yeah. you're nodding. Yeah. I, well, I've never been, but I've yeah. heard a lot about it. Yeah, and it's funny. I was not, I didn't know anything about the, the music or fiddle music at all, but I was told, hey, this is a very fun place. We're all going to go hang out and jump in the river. And do... How old were you at this time? I would have been like 12 or 13, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, great, how do, I, how do I do that? Well, we're going to play music there. I was like, okay. At the time, I played, I had done some like classical piano lessons, and I think I played like saxophone in the band. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, none of those are really there. So, sure. so of course, like, oh, what do we do? Oh, my other 12-year-old friend is going to give me fiddle lessons. Which, surprise, surprise, was not very, very effective, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> getting that across. But, but we were able to get some, like, fiddle to mandolin transfer. Like, somebody had a mandolin around. I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more user-friendly initially. You know, discrete notes instead of continuous notes helped yeah, out sure. a lot. Um, and so mandolin was really just an, uh, initially an, an excuse to go to this place. 
Because you wanted to go jump in the river with your friends. Exactly, as as, as most twelve year olds would would want to do, right? I think it's a good reason to pick up the mandolin. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, you know, the corner got turned for me though when I got there and um, met Alistair. So have you ever met Alistair? No. Yeah. So he's um, he's you know one of these like legendary world traveling people in the the Scottish fiddle world. So he's from Scotland but lives in Northern California now. And he, um, I think, I really think he's best described as like an evangelist for fiddle groove, is how I would describe him. He's like very, very little about um, tunes, like teaches tunes, obviously. But at every moment in either his like, you know, introductory spiel about what the camp's about or in one of his classes or something, um, very much like... No, we're not. We're not just worrying about this tune. We're not chomping through these tunes. Yeah, I'm trying to get you to to think about okay, this note. If we hit that note here, the tune is going to do this. And the mm. you know, I'll talk about the imaginary dancer on your shoulder that you're playing for. You're All trying right. to keep them energized and on the dance floor as much as you can. And thinking about that as like what the tradition is as much as it is the the tunes. And does he just teach Scottish fiddle music, or does he? bring in other people who play other traditions, but with the focus on we're teaching groove, not just repertoire building. Yeah, so he is a, a Scottish fiddle guy, but you know, as the as the traditional world is, like everybody is interconnected with everyone, anyone else. Sure. So kind of the, the central conceit of those camps is Alistair's there and there are two other people with two other traditions. And then the, the whole week is kind of those three as like a triad. So, yeah. you know, they've had... Um, Lisa Terry, who's like a great jazz fiddle player. Bruce Molsky's been there a bunch. Um, from the like Shetland world, Kevin Henderson have been, has been there. Um, lots of the like Swedish and Norwegians have been. Yeah. Galicia, um, some Latin American folks in there too. And so there's always like a, a mixing, but I think a lot of people that, that talk about fiddle camps will talk about tunes kind of blurring together and styles kind of yeah. blurring together. And I think they do a really good job or Alistair does a really good job there of like, we're going to learn all these things, we're going to pour tunes into your head all week, but we're also going to try to try to make it clear, like, here's here's this tradition and this way of thinking about rhythm and this way of thinking about what this music is for and, and making that a little bit more distinct. Yeah. Yeah. And when you went there, at least, they were open to non-fiddlers to come and attend? Totally, yeah. It's, um, Did they have like mandolin classes there or was it just that you would sit in and yeah, do your so best to keep up? Most of what I was doing was, was sitting in on fiddle classes. Um, but there are also like guitar classes and percussion classes and cello classes and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. And, I, and I'm now the mandolin teacher there. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is great. So now they've got mandolin, I guess. But, um, Perfect. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that, that whole kind of... That's a real grab a mop kind of story. Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. It's like, hey, can I do this? Like, yeah, you can yeah. do that. Okay, great. Awesome. That's great news. Um, yeah, and so, you know, kind of the, the, the blunt force of Alistair's enthusiasm... Yeah. Kind of woke me up to traditional music as a th- as a thing yeah. that existed. Yeah, mu- music outside of the context of school, essentially. What what was it about his enthusiasm? Was it? I mean, <laughs> were you having like an existential crisis as a thirteen year old? You're like, I don't care about anything as much as he cares about music. <laughs> or was it just like he was pointing things out that maybe you wouldn't have noticed, and then it taught you how to appreciate the music? Yeah. Was it like? seeing enthusiasm and wanting to understand the feeling or was it wanting to understand the music and what would that would invoke the feeling um maybe that's a blurry line but i I mean it's a blurry line i think i think the answer is there's largely both is that you know he's pointing out things and then i'm hearing them and then i'm noticing how i respond to that being present in the music um but he and anyone that's like been to any of his workshops or anything will know these phrases like he'll talk about I want, I want globs of haggis on your fingerboard. Sure. Right. You talked about, yeah. or like, I want, I want, I want blood coursing through your bow. Right. Like, yeah. like talking about it in these like very, um, very visually arresting metaphors. And viscerally like arresting. Yes. That's like, like not always beautiful imagery that comes to yeah. mind. Right. But you know, I guess like I, I kind of heard a lot of that and thought like, well, what's, what's going on in his head yeah. that makes him think that? 
Yeah. Right. That's I think that's a lot of where the where the bug came from for me. Yeah. Yeah. But and then you were figuring out how to apply that stuff to the mandolin. Did you go that first year and then Yeah. Go every year is it like a Yeah, went went a bunch of successive years and I think you know there was a detour in there where I was much more like bluegrass oriented in which sure. I maybe missed a few and was at bluegrass festivals instead. But um yeah, that's been a, a mainstay of my a musical life for mm. sure, and yeah, kind of a lot of it is you know figuring out how to how to fake it. You know, there's lots of how to how to fake fiddle tunes, Scottish especially on on mandolin. Like so many so many little ornaments. Like you know, they'll, you'll play all in like a yeah incredibly <laughs> fast motion. Right? It's like like how do I how do I fake that on a on a mandolin or get something that. Um, speaks in the same way even if i'm not moving my fingers in the same way yeah like that technical challenge is always really fun too picks different than a bow yeah it's super different yeah totally and i guess when i think about it my my college experience is just doing more of that too it's like taking both things and trying to figure out how to do them with kind of the opposite of a bow yeah it's the anti-bow yeah (laughs) (laughs) on that note what should we anti-bow next um, well, can we play the, you want to play the slip jig? Yeah, let's play the slip jig. Let's cool. So everybody, Cameron, Cameron was a total, a total pal and, and learned this, this slip jig that I, that I launched at them. So, you know, go, go do the Patreon thing. Cameron deserves it. Okay. Can you explain a slip jig, what it is? Yeah, okay. totally. So jigs, six, eight. Right, uh, slip jig. It's even three ear than a than a regular jig. So a slip jig is instead of two groups of three, like six eight, is nine eight. So it's three groups of three. It's made for the climber stroke. I can't wait. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How do you uh, approach it on the on the mandolin? Because unlike a bow, I would imagine that the you can get into trouble. Yeah, for what sure. Do you do? Yeah, so it really depends on what your sub what um, subdivision oh, is. Sorry, we're by the piano. <laughs> what subdivision is happening at the time? So, generally speaking, you'll have either you know like a dotted quarter note, in which case it's just a downstroke. Sure. You'll hear a lot of like quarter note followed by an eighth, so like, and then I'm doing just a long down, then an upstroke. Yeah. Or you'll have strings of eighth notes, in which you can do just a regular. Sure. Down, up, down, up, down, up. Yeah. Sort of thing. And then, you know, how those combine, you can sometimes end up, you know, with your pick direction the opposite of how you might want it to be, and that's where it gets sure. interesting. Um, but well, that's that a lot of... basically what I like what I'm doing. It sounds like I'm on the right track. Oh, cool. I mean, at least so far. I don't that's... want to call my shot. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was finding that, like, okay, there's literally no way for me to square this up unless I play a long game yes and i i don't think i'm capable of that at this point in my <laughs> musical yeah. journey so and, and maybe it wouldn't be worth it anyway but yeah like the downstroke on the on the one of the three downbeats mm-hmm. depending on what the melody dictates yeah and if it's a do up mm-hmm. then you do it down up uh-huh and then if it's decada decada you do down up down down up down yes or down up down up down up yes yeah, and some, you know, at slower tempos, you can get away with, like, a down, up, down, down, up, down. Yeah. But most of the time, I end up by myself doing down, up, down, up, down, up. Yeah. Which is its own flavor of weird right-hand stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, you want to yeah, give, give it a try? Let's All right. It's an A-tune, right? A-tune, yeah. Okay, and what's the name of this slip jig? So this slip jig is called... Soggy's or Soggy's slip jig. Sure. Yeah. Whether Soggy Soggy was a, a person or just a a state of mind, yeah. I'm not sure. But <laughs> yeah. Is this it? Are all slip jigs Irish? Is this an Irish tune? This is a Northern Irish tune. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's relatively recent. I want to say like the late '90s. It's written by a guy named uh, Sean O'Gram, um, who writes a mean tune. If any of you are into into slip jigs, check him out. Um, yeah, and, and they're definitely best represented in Irish tradition. I know there's some Scottish ones floating around, but that's where they where they call home. Yeah. 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 All right. 
Okay, here goes. All right. <laughs> That was effortful for me. Man, I... You sound great. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's... Uh... Man, thank you for, for diving into a very anti-claw hammer kind of world. Yeah, thanks for your patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, got into playing... Scottish tunes, you've obviously flirted with playing Irish music mm -hmm. and uh, classical music, mm -hmm. and I guess you played saxophone at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I know that blue, bluegrass is kind of, my impression is that's where you ended up and that's where you hang most of the time, at least when you're playing with other people. Yeah, and that's that's where all of my, like, <laughs> professional musicking happens. Yeah. Yeah, as far as, like, what my overall life is, I feel like there's a more of a, a split from the, the bluegrass and the old time and traditional music kind of world. But yeah, my, the music that I do as a job to exist as a human is, is all in the bluegrass kind of scene. It makes sense because you can be as curious as you want about playing old time tunes and playing slip jigs, mm -hmm. but, um, there's a role for mandolin in bluegrass yeah. in a way that maybe no other genre can quite compete with in terms of like we need a mandolinist. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think um you know going getting introduced to this whole world kind of through Scottish music and then you know through the other stuff that was showing up at fiddle camps and things. Mandolin is often present but is yeah, like you said kind of a bit a bit player or it's just doubling what the fiddle is doing or or something and yeah. kind of the the rhythmic aspects of it were a lot of what what drew me to traditional music in general and then so bluegrass showing up with not only hey there's a specific thing for mandolins to do and nothing else can do it yeah and you get to be the drummer i was like great sold that's the that's You're the place i should like that sound. The, yeah the chop yeah. kind of yeah yeah, yeah i can't do that yeah totally <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny and it's you know in the same way that you know 
other instruments are kind of mimicking fiddle a lot in old time. It's like when mandolins are playing a break, sometimes like fiddles and banjos try to chop and do that in the bluegrass world, yeah. right? It's all it's all a weird circle. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that you know, that's just that's just fun. Like, who doesn't love? I mean, I'm sure there's some people that don't that don't get excited about rhythm section playing, but I'm stoked about rhythm section playing it's great it's it's so good (laughs) you know you know you look you look at that and you're just like okay you're clearly just you know you're relaxed you're there your job is just to to feel the music as much as you possibly can and just be a be a catalyst for the audience to experience groove it's like that's that's the dream that's great yeah 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 that's and it seems like it'd be scratching a very very different itch than a lot of the other stuff a lot of your other musical experiences, especially like situations where mandolin doesn't have a defined role, and yeah. where maybe you could get some side eye if you started chopping. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, chop in old time. You know, it's a you hear people do it sometimes, but it's it's rare that I hear that and feel like it's genuinely additive to whatever's going on. Yeah, I mean, there's some lovely old time mandolinists. Definitely. You, are there any that you particularly? listen to when you're trying to emulate uh um you know i think old time feel you know not that i don't emulate not that i don't listen to old time mandolinists but i think maybe as an artifact of like having been introduced to all this through fiddle players primarily and like people that got me into old time were, were fiddle players yeah, too it's like to them. i listen to them like well i'm gonna try to imitate whatever you're doing right yeah. so it's like you know whatever crazy drone polyrhythm thing you're doing is just a great cross-picking exercise for me, yeah. right, where I feel like a lot of the, the things that are interesting about old-time mandolin playing also show up in bluegrass mandolin playing mm. to some extent, and yeah, I just feel like, you know, unless your instrument has a thing to do, you get to kind of go with whatever the cool thing is. Yeah. So in old-time, I'm, I'm told I'm thinking, you know, either, okay, I'm being a fiddle right now, or I'm being a banjo right now, yeah. or I'm flirting back and forth between those things. Yeah. yeah. That sounds fun. It's really fun. Yeah, mandolin is the weird kind of Venn diagram overlap zone between a lot of things in yeah. the old-time world. Do you get very many chances to play old-time music? Like, is your is your band, like, old-time curious at all? Like, when you're done performing your songs, yeah. do you, like, go play tunes? Or? Yeah, they're, um... So, I'm not sure if you met Brian at IBMA, but the banjo player in, in that band... His his quarantine obsession has been uh, climber banjo. Oh, right He's been a, yeah. you know, a three finger, you know, bluegrass banjo player since he was like nine, and is finally like, no, nope, it's time. I'm diving in there. Yeah, so we'll cool. we'll pick some some uh, some old time tunes for sure. It's like mandolin and climber banjo. Like like just like the experience you're having right now is like very different from the fiddle and Seems banjo different. experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but really fun and. Um, and that band is super, um, super eclectic in terms of what our, what our backgrounds are. Like, yeah. you know, our, our Joe, our guitarist, like came over from kind of bluegrass and country and Western stuff. Um, our singer Crystal was like R&B and soul and is just into yeah. songwriting. And we, you know, the rest of us had like a texture she was really interested in working with. And, cool. and then our bass player is like he plays. Did she? A, com- did she? Were, was there a band, and then she was like, "I want you to be my backing band." Is that how it happened? Um, not so much actually. Okay. You that's that's the that's that's an easy read on what it looks like for sure though. We um, uh, Joe had a like weekly bluegrass night at um, the Ranger Station in Southeast Portland. Is that a are you familiar with that place no. at all? It is a essentially a national park themed bar there's a interesting yeah it's crazy there's a bunch of like vintage uh parks signs and like a big cutout of Smokey the bear and, and that kind of thing but it was it was kind of a you know it's a big bluegrass pile every week and the the band just kind of formed out of people that kept showing up and so somehow joe huh. and crystal met each other and she would like go and sing her stuff when like the bluegrass thing Bluegrass folks were kind of taking a break. Yeah. And eventually, like, we started learning some of her stuff, and she would learn, like, the tenor part to a bunch of bluegrass stuff, and it started kind of cross-pollinating yeah, cool. until a band fell out. Right on. Yeah. And a, am I... Did I see in some videos that she plays the fiddle? She does not play fiddle. There was a maybe fiddle I've player seen, in the band at one point. I seeing someone else, yeah. Uh, 
but I like the the bluegrass kind of ensemble of like I feel like this is I've seen other iterations like this where it's the there's no fiddle mm-hmm. and there's just a, a like lead vocalist who's who like sings pop music yeah and, and like I think that is really fun yeah <laughs> I, I'm really into that totally I think I'm I'm also really into that and also feel like it's I don't know, especially when I'm talking to people in the trad music world, I feel like I need to put an asterisk next to it a little bit in that, like, we're we're playing things that are, you know, to the uneducated eye might sound traditional. It's like, oh, there's a there's a bunch of, there's banjo and upright bass and sure. mandolin and, and you know. Hillbillies. Right, yeah, <laughs> there's that. And, and bluegrass as a genre is kind of that, right? That we have to endure. <laughs> yeah, for real. And, but even that, you know, like, None of us are are trying to lean into any of that at all. If anything, we're trying to not think of ourselves even as like a bluegrass band because we're not remotely traditional. Yeah. And you know, when I talk to like hardcore traditional bluegrass people or like people in the old time thing, I'm like, yeah, we have these instruments on there, but like we're not telling people this is what this music is yeah. by any means, right? We just you know we're 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 all songwriters yeah. and we're into that and happen to apply these instruments to it. But you'll go to IBMA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and IBMA... IBMA has an understanding. It's my impression that, that they're not... They have different levels of preciousness. Yes. But a lot of space. Yeah, definitely. My uh, Was this your first IBMA first this one, year? Yeah. Cool, man. Um, yeah, IBMA, they're... The amount of big tent... How much of a... How big the big tent should be at IBMA has been a, a subject of much debate I'm sure. for sure yeah as you might imagine yeah and you know there have definitely been been years or moments where it's like yep no we're just doing capital b bluegrass straight yeah. ahead but right now it's i feel like it's at a really good place for everyone where there's room for you know a band like never come down to like yeah. be there and be appreciated but yeah. there are also um you know there's a some friends of ours are in a band called midnight run there that yeah. are like straight up like here is the the old school way being done with all of the, the 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 gusto and shenanigans that you'd want it to be and it seems like people show up for all of it yeah yeah i mean i went and i saw a lot of old-time music yeah there's a bunch of old-time and i didn't have now. to play any bluegrass music i just play old-time tunes yeah <laughs> totally yeah, yeah i mean it's been great seeing you know great great getting actually jam with you there it's been great seeing people like like Jake and George hanging out and, and like cross pollinating everybody there yeah. too. Yeah. So I don't know. I love, I love all of that. I'm, I'm pro specificity. Like if something, if I'm told it's an old time jam or an old time yeah. band, that's, that's what I, what I want to hear, but I want all the things to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You want like pluralistic specificity. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you know, all this yeah. with our, arts degrees and whatever yeah. i'm big on syllables <laughs> love a good syllable yeah yeah um well let's play one more tune and then let's talk about where people go to buy your music and keep up to date with never come down or anything else that you're up to sure next time you're teaching at alistair's uh camp or things yeah, like that totally what do you want to play that? um do you want to do you want to play the original tune yeah <laughs> Cool. Mandolins sound good in F. I like mandolins in F. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wish I had some kind of schmancy acoustics reason for why that is, but I have no idea. I mean, I would, I would imagine that's something to do with the same reason that fiddles sound good in F, Mm -hmm. is that the sweet notes are the open strings. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, playing F chord... That that third yeah. is what can, and you get you know major sevens <laughs> fall fall right out right yeah. can't argue with that yeah, yeah. well uh, this is your original tune What's yeah it called? this tune is called Purden Crossing where what is Purden Crossing Purden Crossing man so much so much fiddle camp love today Purden Crossing <laughs> is a uh, that's the the favored river swimming spot near that fiddle camp. On, Perfect. I know. Brought it all back around. Very, very thematic. Um, the reason you're here today. Yes. So that you could swim in that river. Yes. 
What a lovely little tribute. I know. Here we go. When did you write it? I wrote it. I wrote it recently, actually. I was I was down in that area visiting family, and had to be going by there as as this tune kind of clicked into place in my head. It was like, well, all right, here we go, full circle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Curtain crossing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for diving into that one. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I uh, love F tunes. Yeah, me too. I love I love F tunes. I love tunes with weird uh, uh, weird phrase lengths like that. Yeah, it's great. It's like cool. It's gonna it's gonna make me think a little bit. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So where do people go to follow your musical endeavors and? Those of your bands and how do people give you money for goods and services? All that stuff. Yeah. Time. Yeah, totally. So, um, best place for you to go is nevercomedownband.com. That's where my band is posting all of our stuff. So we'll be, you know, um, fingers crossed, we'll be on the road a bunch in 2022 and yep. hopefully coming to a festival near you and, yeah. you know, doing doing all that stuff and we'll have, have some more recorded music out for you soon. Um, that's nevercomedownband.com and we're, we do the Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're into like lessons or any of that kind of stuff, cadenhurst.com is a place. Um, and if you are in Portland and are interested in like beginner bluegrass workshops and things, um, my friend Patrick Connell and I run a thing called Tabergrass. Oh, like very a, good. Yeah. I've heard of Tabergrass. Oh, cool. Yeah. We, yeah, we kind of inherited that a couple years ago cool. and our, Yeah. Keeping keeping that strong. So tabergrass.com for a very cute, very old website uh, to uh, <laughs> get all the details on on what's going on there. I'm so glad we did this. Uh, thanks, Caden. Yeah. For giving up your Friday evening. Man. Late. I can only do things after my kids go to bed, or else I have to. 
go somewhere else or endure a lot of noise. Yeah, happy to uh, happy so to do it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it again off record sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Uh, this is this show is just a pretense for me to hang out with people and sometimes because I like aforementioned kids because I have them and right. other things that I have to do. This is sometimes what I need to do in order to actually hang out. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now that the ice is broken. <laughs> totally, yeah. Being being a grown-up, you've got to like yeah. schedule and make responsibilities out of your, <laughs> your fun time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate you reaching out after we kind of bumped into each other in a very convoluted <laughs> way at IBMA. <laughs> it's great. I'm glad I didn't know who you are now. Yeah, man, well, me too. This is great. What should we play for our final team? I'd love to do something with the tenor guitar. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, do you play geese honking? Yes. Cool. The, the, the weird B-flat one? Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, that's good. Visit Never Come Down's website at nevercomedownband.com and follow them on Instagram at nevercomedownband. You can contact Caden for lessons and all-around mandolining at cadenhurst.com. And if you're in the Portland area, sign up for bluegrass workshops at tabergrass.com. All those links are in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.